0: I was like, f- like 15 minutes away from um, strapping the circular saw to the lathe.
1: Hello and welcome, I'm Steve.
0: And if I'd been drinking out of the toilet, I might have been killed.
2: Nice Ace Ventura reference. <laughs> I'm Brett.
1: And this is Pause It Toad, a podcast for the rookie... Routerer. Uh,
2: Roofer. So, r-
1: oh, Roofer. Yes, Roofer. That's the one we decided on. Uh, so, gentlemen, how is everyone? Al, how are you? What have you been up to?
0: I have been up to my balls in sawdust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who'd have thunk that that um, wood turning was so, so, so sawdusty and also angle grinding wood, which is the second greatest thing to do with wood after wood turning Um, and fire, obviously. Um, Yeah. So one of the tiny silver linings of being home stricken and working from home is that I don't have to drive to work and I don't have to pay for petrol and I don't have to pay for parking. So that has saved me approximately 200 bucks this month. um, Which means uh, after fucking years of waiting, I've been able to afford some big fucking sheets of aluminium. Which can mean only one thing uh, that I can actually start full metal Al, which I've been used to for fucking ages. So so I ordered the metal that arrived, um, and the only thing that was in the way was needing a lot of forming tools. So things like dollies um, and various kind of shaped anvils and stuff that you would normally have in a a metalworking shop, which of course I don't. But I do have some big old fucking blocks of really old age dried oak, which is rock hard, Um, way harder than aluminium, so hard enough for metal forming in this case. Um, So I've just been carving and shaping a load of forms basically for for the suit of armour. So a couple of like uh, convex dollies, different sizes, uh, and like a concave, like a bowl for dishing. Um, and like a big, long, kind of almost like a long, round, thin anvil for um, forming sheets and bending yeah. over because um, I don't have a big roller. I've got a tiny roller that James gave me. It's about maybe 10 inches, so I can do some some parts on the roller, And um, but the big bits that need kind of uh, shaping, I need to kind of make up the tools as I go. I think I'm going to make them as I go as well, so like yeah, I know I'm going to have to make a lot of spikes, so I might end up making like a... um what are those wooden like spike things called spikes no it's like a trowel it's or it. a troddle something like that there's a word like that it sounds like a cornwall word oh for um, for,
1: for doing the uh for like...
0: yeah yeah uh... there's a there's a name anyway one of them to form uh, cones around basically hmm. you, can, <laughs> you can taking <laughs> the time to look it up now you can roll you can roll a cone you, you can roll a cone shape so far on the rollers but then obviously it can't close up
2: because, right.
0: roller. Dor- Dorber. Dorber that's it, Dor- that sounds Dorber. like a Cornish word, yeah. I, um, I didn't even get to Google, that was just it suddenly, <laughs> yes. So, lots of wood forming and wood shaping to get ready for, um, basically making all the panels. So, um, I don't know if anyone kind of followed the progress from way back when I started uh, the owl suit, but I actually have a lot of the plans already made, um, and a lot of the panels already drawn up, so it's just a case of cutting them out of card, test fitting them and um, bit of trial and error, see if it still fits um, and then just cracking on. So it's hopefully um, I've got next week off work, but I'm just waiting to see back because um, a lot of things at work are up in the air at the moment. And a lot of clients are, are kind of working on a really kind of reactionary basis more than usual. Yeah. So even though I have holiday booked off, I, I might not necessarily be able to take it. So I'm just waiting. And if I do, it's armor time
2: no oh, time. Right. Doom, 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 doom how do you how do you plan on putting the panels together is it rivets do you rivet so the different sections together the
0: actual suit is um in the like in the show is uh, put, attached on leather so the pieces themselves are not actually attached to each other um, so i'm hoping to do the same thing so there could be like a, a an undersuit so I could wear like an undersuit, and then the pieces could maybe like Velcro on, mm. or I could fully go for it and actually like have leather belts, yeah, and fully rivet the leather belts, and then that so the whole thing is like a proper suit of armor would be, mm-hmm. where the whole thing is like you, you piece it together bit by bit with with leather straps, mm-hmm. and that could look cool, but I don't want it to I don't want it to like end up looking like some sort of steampunk thing, yeah, yeah. I want it to feel like the cartoon, right? So I I know like the the um van brace is has a has a strap on so that has a yeah. leather strap <laughs> strap on and i think the elbow piece does but everything else almost just kind of floats because he's like a ghost yeah the pieces just kind of float so
2: it's just kind of like a black undersuit right um but yeah the so what good. you're saying is uh all black spandex is pretty is much coming yeah <laughs>
0: but then there's like it's weird because some of the bits because I've, I've i've mapped it onto my body shape some of the bits I've had to like exaggerate and like bulk out. So, like, some bits I'll they'll have to be like a either an undersuit or like foam padding or something because mm-hmm. proportionally it'll just look really weird. If it was like if it was just an owl shaped suit, <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be way out of proportion. And um, so, yes, black spandex, but will, I think they'll also have to be like some sort of prosthesis as well. Yeah, mm. like the shoulders will come out the wrong place, it'll look really weird. Yeah,
1: you know what you should yeah. do? You should get one of those. Uh, sumo suits like where they, <laughs> sumo suits, put it on but don't turn the fan on then just like rest everything on top turn the fan on and it
0: just, <laughs>
2: it all, all <laughs> I'll, that I'll, would I'll do that. that would actually be that would be almost uh, almost correct you know like when he first or when he gets like knocked apart and they have to put him back together yeah. it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. a shot of you kind of like inflatable tube man <laughs> oh that would be
0: quite cool Oh. Um yeah. So yeah, this it's gonna be a lot of um learning process. Hopefully, if I've got this time off work um and just building it bit by bit. I'm gonna start excited. on the helmet. Oh, I'm so excited. It's cool. gonna be so
2: good. That's me. Yeah. Uh, Brett, what about you? Well, I have been attempting to finish this this small workshop <laughs> on the cabin property and Having never done anything like this before, um, at least in the in the way that I'm doing it, um, it's been a lot of trial and error and, and learning things and then chatting with uh, Justin Dietrich back and forth uh, because he actually does framing and l- just learning a lot and how these things are constructed and realizing that, You know, a lot of the things that I learned uh, over the past couple of years in terms of like building in space or like you build one piece and then you figure it out from there and then see how things go together. um, Planning and and measuring things becomes a lot more apparent. You're like, how did I miss that by two inches? (laughs) It's not supposed to be there. And now I can't undo it. Um, It's been it's been hilarious because. You know, the weather's been great and and it's nice to work outside and it's just quiet on the property and I get to do whatever the hell I want to build this thing. But just all of these aspects of, of building the workshop, you know, I'm checking in on Al's video all the time just to see, you know, how he put it together and like certain aspects of the framing or, or like uh, I was telling the boys in the pre-show or <laughs> I was telling you guys in the pre-show um, I don't know that I've ever built a project where I've used like caulking or, or silicone <laughs> sealant or anything and actually having to use like a caulking gun and go, oh, this needs to be water resistant even though it's in the desert. when it does rain, you know, I don't want everything just falling apart. Um, so it's just it's just been a lot of hard work and long days and I kind of wake up every morning going, all right, today, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to, I'm going to get the workshop done and then I'll move all my stuff into it and I'll start working. And I think that's been like four days in a row now that I keep saying I'm going to finish it. So hopefully after we're done recording, I go over and pull one more long day and I think I can get it locked up. Like I want the, the, the big, uh, the big pin in it, if you will, will be being able to put a padlock on it and close yeah. the doors. Like once I get to that point, I don't really care. You know, the interior is just skeletoned out skeletoned out right now. Um, which I don't really mind, Al, you know, working in your workshop a couple of times before you put the the actual wall coverings up. I remember just all the little cross members are shelves. Yeah. Just <laughs> shelves that are already there. But so, they're also shelves for dust. <laughs> yes. I will probably for the time being, I have, um, a bunch of random bits and bobs from getting the, the like broken down shed thing that I bought from the people on Facebook marketplace. I've got loads of extra lumber and like a few pieces of sheeting. Um, some of it's worse for wear, but even if I just panel it out, you know, there's two feet of it that's usable. And the rest of it is garbage. So is there enough of the even, lumber
0: for a, a bench, do you think?
2: A bench? A workbench. Like a workbench. Um yeah, yeah. maybe. I mean, between that and and what, you know, Ben has enough scrap and stuff left over from various projects that he's been kind enough to just be like, if you need stuff, you know, that that's been sitting there for a long time, so like feel free to use it. Um, which has been really nice. It's just right now, you know, I I'm really bad about thinking too far ahead so i'm trying to like consolidate everything and just go just finish the workshop before you start thinking about where the workbench goes because of course like i'm standing inside of it and going well i can put this over here and then i can put this over here but something tells me i'm going to get into the storage unit load up my truck go over to the cabin and the workshop and then unload it and realize that it's very small (laughs) Be like fuck i forgot how tiny this place was like if my tool chest, which I love and is full of all my stuffs, if my tool chest ends up being kind of bigger than... Yeah. like I know the measurements and the dimensions of it, but if I end up putting it in the space and realizing that it takes up a gigantic portion, it's going to be like, I'm going to have to rethink the approach to everything. I understand. That's that's really I
0: stupid. Could, you, could you build the tool chest outside of the, sh- the thing and have the opening on the inside?
2: I mean, honestly, you know, I don't like know. Kind of like a yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm concerned. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm concerned with their coding and zoning stuff. Ah, okay. Um, because when I initially called the county to talk about building a 20 by 20 workshop on it, it was immediately a shit ton of money. Like, right. that's just what you have to pay to get the permits and have somebody out to come and check on it and stuff. Um. And it was like $7,500. Whoa. And it's, it's crazy, but it raises the property value. So it's all taxations and things, you know, Uh, they want to, you're raising the property value. It it even gives me an estimate. It said, if I built a 20 by 20 workshop, it would raise the property value by $20,000. And I was like, holy shit, that's great. (laughs) But it costs seven grand. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Tell you what, just, just take it out of that. Um, so I'm just concerned with like how much I can build out the space or what's considered square footage, you know, like having anything exposed, not that I'm like crazy concerned about like security and things like that, but it's the, the property's off the beaten path enough to where like somebody could show up there if I'm not around and just wreck the place. And I would (laughs) never know, you know, I have like, motion sensor lights and I have a security camera system thing ready, but I don't have power. So I, I can't run it. Mm. Um, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a process of figuring out what I can, basically what can I get away with without upsetting the, the local government or the state. Um, I posted on Patreon and gave a little update to, to my patrons and, and, a few of them are in the in the same line of thinking where they were like oh it's it's small but can you build more if you're under legal parameters i'm like ben ben has said he was like dude you could build 5 of them if they're under 120 square feet you could effectively just keep building more of those yeah. and as long as they're not connected they're still considered like singular structures so there's part of that that makes me think like what what can i get away with without somebody showing up and being like you can't do this but just leaving like an eight inch gap between all of these buildings. <laughs> and then eventually if I had the money, I just like gap the roof. I'm like, yeah. yep, now it's a 20 by 20. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I looked at a, I looked at the idea of, of possibly separating like a forge area yeah. because I think the workspace, this little workshop is going to be really nice to have, but I think it's just going to get cluttered really quick And there's not going to be a lot of like move around space. Um, Biggest problem is like the the concrete pad would be the best thing to put the anvils and equipment on because it won't bounce. And if I put like if I built a forge out on the dirt, I would basically build the structure almost like Chris Cash's shop, where it's just like on the ground. You know, like the floor is the natural ground, but it's sand. So it doesn't, I, I have a feeling it would just continuously shift or if I like beat on the anvil for a few hours that it's just going to continue sinking down and like unleveling <laughs> the anvil. So it's like, this is all a huge learning process. This is all new stuff. I obviously ever, haven't ever dealt with like building out my own structures to work within or um trying to think ahead about how things will perform in terms of you know, if I can build out a forge, what does that need to look like? How do I need to secure it? How does stuff work within that space? I obviously, if it was a a natural ground floor with the sand, I wouldn't feel bad about sparks and stuff flying around. Um, but that's, I got to finish this first one before I decide this one has beat the shit out of me so much that like (laughs) the last thing I want to do is build another structure right after this. I'm so tired and all I want to do is start making stuff, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of like, it's a big learning experience. It's all great stuff. I'm obviously really excited about it. Um, but man, I am so drained. (laughs) Yeah. But that's it. That's it on my end. I hope. I hope to finish. If not today, it's going to be tomorrow for sure. And I uh, am excited to put the video out because I think I talked about this uh, a few weeks back. But I filled up a card two days ago, which I never do. <laughs> like I rarely do a build that that bypasses one memory card. <laughs> And it it went full the other day, and I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a long build." No wonder Al's first video was like thirty minutes long. Nice. Yes, and it's a video game video, and I already made the animations three weeks ago while it was hey. raining outside. So I just I just want to put it all together and make, nice. make the video. I'm excited. Stevo, talk about it.
1: Uh yeah, I uh I've I've had a bit of a weird week um so obviously there's been loads of stuff going on with the uh school's falls thing that's been really fun uh the beginning of the week started off quite well um did uh lots of gardening and outsidey bits and getting some stuff done um but like midweek things just mentally fell apart like i've just had a really shit. A uh, few days um, Kind of Slipping back into some really bad habits And, and things like that And I'm just not uh, I've, I've not been I've not been okay um, And it's It's been really hard Trying to uh, Kind of catch those things Before they become an issue um,
0: I mean at least you, you're noticing it though Yeah The worst, the worst is when you don't realise yeah, exactly. that sort of scenario, and you're like, "Oh fuck!"
1: <laughs> yeah, and and it's been quite good because Jazz kind of understands uh, what I'm going through and and why I'm being the way I am, sort of thing. Um, but it's just it's it's little things like, uh, um, I it's been great being able to get into the garage and and working on that. But then the extension lead that I've got to run, like. Thirty meters from out of Don't, my bedroom tell us window. How this again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out of the bedroom, uh, sorry, out of the bathroom window, uh, down like twelve foot um, across the yard and into the garage. That's uh, the one that I've been using. Is it's fucked? Um, it's got like four different uh, bits in it where the, where it's been run over or broken or whatever, <laughs> and it's been it's been repaired, but. That's got to the point where it works about fifty percent of the time. Um, So, like, I'll be in there and the lights will just turn off, and
0: they'll (laughs)
1: they'll come back on after about ten minutes. And they're
0: buzzing around the garden. Yeah.
1: But uh, but like, so I was like, fuck it, I I just need to get a new one. But I I can't. I I, you know, it's I don't I don't want to moan about money, but money's really fucking tight, and I've got to think about where every pennies going and i say i've got to think about it i'm my bank account is is empty um it's so it's you know jazz jazz is the only one earning anything so everything's coming from her and it's just been like i think that plus a few other things all just kind of got on top of me a bit and it just started to you know get into that habit of like oh fuck everything's bad everything's shit Ah." and like letting those kind of thoughts run around in your head especially um being stuck in the house all the time, because it's not like I'm getting that uh, that social interaction where I can kind of say something out loud and then have Joe or Alex or one of my friends turn around and say, stop being a dickhead, your life's not that bad. And uh, Joe
0: or Alex are one of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: uh, but, but you know what I mean, Like it, it, it's hard, because it whenever you let something rattle around in your own head, it's all, it always ends up being a thousand times worse because you're, you're constantly focusing on the negatives and not on the positives. Um, but yeah, so that that kind of, it, it knocked me for six a bit um, and it spent, that I've had a, a few days where I've kind of, I've not really achieved anything, but I'm getting more stressed at myself because I'm not achieving stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But then things like uh, I was talking to, uh jim and jamie uh wave cycles and custom cave um and we were talking about uh like some of the shit that's going on in the world at the moment and i was like actually i'm so fucking lucky that the the village i live in like people uh they they've organized a um a group kind of help thing so that if anyone's self-isolating or vulnerable or anything like that you know there's there's village volunteers that are going out and um doing the shopping forum and things like that so for the greater you know, good exactly um and like there's people that are just leaving out um like they're, they're going to the shops and they're getting buying shitloads of bread or tins or whatever and leaving them in places around the village and posting in the village group like if anybody needs it it's there go and help yourself um and things like it's this like so ammo drops.
0: I'm yeah yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like that that's going to help perk me up and then uh Going back to the, the schools for fools, uh, yeah, fools, schools for fools thing. Um like some of the the stuff that's been happening in there has been great. Uh and the one that really surprised me was um Heidi's class on pottery. It was just really fucking well done, really enjoyable. She was such a good teacher. <laughs> um and the it wasn't i was expecting just kind of like her to to talk about you know this is one type of clay this is another type of clay this <laughs> clay, is
0: clay 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 yeah
1: and this is how you make a thing and she started going into the the science behind it and this behind it and all that and that kind of was like oh, fuck this is really genuinely interesting like i'm really into this um cuz i i wanted to do the like i wanted to be involved in the pottery class anyway but it was so much more interesting than I ever thought it was going to be. It's fantastic. Um, So that kind of perked me up a bit. And then uh, she was also saying, uh, telling a story about how um, – I can't remember it exactly, but basically a friend of hers asked her to go along to this um, group social thing uh, that this person was involved in and basically show some people how to uh, make things out of clay And Heidi kind of said, well, we've only got an hour, like, if it's just an hour and, you know, you've got a toaster oven and that's it, like, I'm not sure how much we're going to be able to do. Um, But she said they they used this uh, sculpty clay, which is a uh, low-temperature firing clay. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually they just went along, they made, like, pinch bowls and, and like, really simple stuff and fired it there and then. And so everyone walked away with something, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't a class as such it was just people getting to go along muck about and enjoy it and it being more of a kind of social community sort of based um, thing instead uh, which has inspired me to start talking to the guys that run the twine works in the village because um, they've just like had a one and a half million pound restoration done there and they've got this new cafe um, function room sort of thing that's uh, there as well um, and I'm going to see if I can organize a similar sort of thing once all this is over so that actually, you know, all the people that have been looking after one another in the village can kind of get together. And I know we're going to have a big like village party, like a village fate sort of thing. Um, but just do something that's a little bit more regular. That's, uh, not just going and having a barbecue and getting drunk, but having a barbecue, getting drunk and making some shit as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's 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 been a weird week. It's been like things like that have really helped and have really picked me back up. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm just kind of I'm also having to be aware of of my own mental state at the moment.
0: I mean, but, it's not so. it's not just the the interactions that you talk about. It's it's like distractions as well. Yeah, the, se- the second you've got even five minutes to yourself to, to you know versus how we normally live, which is just so like switched on and so like stimulated all the time. Yeah. Even like five minutes to myself. Now you, your mind just fucking like just absolutely disappears in itself. Yeah. And anything that normally you just dismiss or wouldn't even have a chance to think about now, any opportunity, like where you don't have that stimulation, you just suddenly like overthinking shit, yeah. thinking the worst, you know, fucking hell what's going on. Like I'm, I'm like as much as I like moan about it. I'm so grateful. that I'm still working. Yeah not because of the financial thing um i get paid because for gold but it's yeah. because of the stimulation oh. like i would just be going fucking stir crazy if I, if I if i didn't have that constant 24/7 need to be like doing stuff either for someone else yeah. or for myself <laughs> um you know that that needs to be not just going in on yourself yeah and, and like think- self reflection's good but give it when it's when it's forced upon you yeah (laughs) it's not good
1: yeah and i think as well it's that kind of thing of uh someone shared a meme the other day uh that was basically
0: joel it was joel uh
1: no it wasn't (laughs) um but it, it it was basically uh it's okay if you're not being productive in the middle of a global fucking pandemic like but that that's one of the things that i'm really struggling with is the fact that i'm not being productive even like the you know, I could be sat here and I could be editing through all the videos, but I'm getting, I'm sitting down and I'm just, I can't concentrate on it because it's like, I just want to be outside. I want to be in the workshop. I want to be doing this. And then I start mm-hmm. thinking about those projects and start planning out, oh, I'm going to do this. And oh, actually I could make that. And then I go, Oh fuck. No, I can't. Cause I can't, like, even if I had the money, I still couldn't go out and get any of the materials because all of the places I get materials are all shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, It's just that constant, like, oh, I'm really excited. I'm, I've got time to do this thing, and then that, oh fuck, no, no, I can't. And it's just this constant,
0: yeah, no, yeah, yeah,
1: no. Um,
0: uh, Yeah, Yeah, got all the time in the world, but no money to buy materials. Exactly. (laughs) No Um, shops are open. But but can I just have a rant? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Can I I have a a mid-Steve rant? Like, there's something else I did that I forgot about. Um, I've been living here for four years now in this house, and the bathroom door jams
1: oh yeah have you fixed that
0: right i don't know what it is about fucking yorkshire right but everyone has got this obsession with carpeting the pisser yeah and i don't know why i've I've, like even literally before i moved in this house it wasn't carpeted and (laughs) the landlady carpeted it before i moved in it's like why is it just women do they not understand that men stand up to take a piss who wants a carpeted toilet what the fuck is going on anyway Every house I've lived in in Yorkshire, and that's like 10 different houses, all the fucking toilets were carpeted, which already grinds my gears enough. But what makes it worse, the fact that they do it and then they don't adjust the fucking height of the door (laughs) to compensate for the carpet. So not only is the floor soaked in piss, you can't open or close the door. So very satisfyingly, I took the door off. Strapped on a straight edge and just fucking took the circular saw at the bottom of the door, and it was so nice. satisfying. I like clamped it open, and everything, and taped it so there was absolutely no like chippage or splinterage. Yeah. And it was, and now it's just like a dream. And and oil the hinges <laughs> and stuff, and like oh, it's just I, I go in there even when I don't need the toilet. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's I'm so happy about that because that was so <laughs> fucking annoying.
2: Oh, the small victories, I love
1: them. But. Uh, but, yeah, so this whole, um, like, being forced to stay at home and forced to not be able to get the things that I want to um, to do the projects that I want to do has meant that I've been having to try a few new things and new materials and come up with different solutions for things that perhaps I've done before, um, which segues beautifully. <laughs> I, <laughs> mean, I don't know how you do
0: it, Steve.
1: I know, right? Into the subject, which is something along the lines of trying new things. I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think when you're talking about the um, the the schools for fools, Steve, I think that's the, the the pinnacle of it. That's the the yeah epitome of this 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 conversation. Because
1: ah, so fucking sorry. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So I I obviously did uh, French in school. Did it up to uh, I think I did it up to GCSE, but not GCSE. Maybe I did. Anyway, um Anyway, uh, but yeah did it for years um went over to france many times and all this and so when we were doing it uh with in red's class i like it was starting to come back and i was like oh yeah i remember this i remember that and the french way of counting is fucking stupid um if you if you don't get that just just see what 70 80 and 90 are in french because
2: say 90 say 99 in french
1: no, it's like 18 different fucking words. Um But yeah, so I, I was obviously like, okay, yeah, I'm all right this. I'm I'm comfortable with this. John D. Harvey never spoke French before in his life, and he was so good at it. I was so impressed. So well done, John. That, so that was it. That was I just got excited about that. You carry you carry on now.
2: Well, what are the upcoming what are the upcoming uh classes are like what do, what do we have what's all uh, this all this doing new things like i imagine most of the people uh that signed up to do the classes probably haven't done a lot of teaching or if they have they've done you know maybe demos but this is online you know us trying to keep connected with people like what's what's the approach like for all of these folks well, that,
1: that- that's the thing is like, like I say, like Heidi had never done any, uh, anything like this before and she was such a good teacher. Dude, um,
2: she's amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we've had, um, Jamie has been doing a, uh, Jamie reader has been doing, uh, CAD. Um, so fusion 360 for, uh, 3d modeling. Um, and that had a load of people on it. That was a really good one. Uh, I have been doing like a, a complete intro to, uh, blacksmithing so like starting at the very very basics and going up from there um uh, then red was doing a French class Tim from uh I can't remember the name of his thing now C- no. no Tim Cunningham
2: uh, no uh, you're thinking of Jamie reader
1: no <laughs> neither of you are helping anyway Tim's doing um, <laughs> like uh, live blacksmithing demonstrations. Um, we had a few technical difficulties with that because, again, it's the first time he's done anything like that. Um mean Urban Forge? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah, so Tim from the Urban Forge is doing uh, live blacksmithing demos. Heidi's doing um, the ceramics, like the pottery and stuff. Um, Red is doing uh, leatherworking. Sharon is doing a filmmaking for YouTube um series uh which again there was a load of people that were on that that had never done like they'd never done any kind of filmmaking stuff before so it was uh it was good for them to get kind of just over that initial hump um uh and today's one is rasmus is doing um some 2d cad stuff and then next week all of the classes are repeating plus we're going to have uh ola is going to be doing some sand casting stuff yeah um mm. which is going to be really fun i think uh ellen is going to be doing a knitting one and jeremy is going to be doing a kind of i i've not actually put um jeremy and ellen into the schedule yet uh, cuz i need to figure out where they can actually fit in uh, but ellen's going to do one on knitting and i think so we're both gonna be playing around with that uh, and um jeremy is gonna be talking about uh pirates he's gonna do a talk because he like he, he's done history um and he's studied it and his speciality he was apparently in, in pirates so <laughs> he's going to be doing, like this history on pirates and all That's things which is gonna be so fucking great up. um so yeah th- those two will be coming up um so by the time this one comes out, you'll have time to sign up to the first sand casting, the first knitting, and the first pirate talk. Uh, but mm. all of them are going to be on um, the channel as well, so that people can uh, catch up and then join later classes. Man, nice! How
2: fantastic is that? Be careful, yeah.
0: be careful, Steve. This doesn't become like a really big thing.
1: <laughs> I know. I, it's it's kind of already turned into this. No, I'm gonna go hang out with everyone and learn how to make new shit. It's, it's fine.
2: It's yeah. it's gonna be yeah. silly though if it does take off. It's gonna be like, oh, you guys did a hundred and some odd episodes and like no one really gave a shit, but then you know you started these classes <laughs> and uh that's when things really took
1: think, off. I think the nice thing about it though is the fact that it's it's everyone um like there's no professional teachers it's it's not a for-profit thing or anything like that it's just everyone's just sharing for the love of sharing um yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like the epitome of of the maker community
0: if only well, actual well, fucking teaching was like that steve oh, oh. No, I so. actually wanted to teach and fucking yeah. taught you in a way that you could absorb the fucking information are
1: we are we you gonna know, have another chat like we did about the fucking on the lost episode that <laughs> was just you complaining about teaching. for 20
2: minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it, This is going to be what's, what's going to be really brilliant is if pr- profit or not, doesn't really matter. But if, Steve goes from not really wanting to be the host of this podcast to being the host of this podcast and then not really planning on being the dean of an online school (laughs) to being the dean of an online school run by fools. Jeez! (laughs) It's just Steve sitting back at a large desk with a nameplate on it that just seems like head fool.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. Um...
2: I love so, all this though. Like all of all of the new things that are coming out of this. And I'll I i do not want to make it, you know, too focused on the, the pandemic of things, but I was chatting with my, my friend Alex, um, who owns an IT company in um New York City, and we were just, you know, catching up with each other and I was checking in on him. He said, now more than ever, you know, I was concerned that maybe he wasn't doing so well or or maybe the company was struggling or something which everybody's feeling it but uh he's actually helping connect people more so than they have been before right because everyone's realizing the need for it but also yeah. that they're becoming very aware of the benefits of putting things on online platforms or being able to allow access to people without you know going into an office or or dealing with any of that um and then we ended up chatting a little bit more about you know where where things would go or or how how these new things are coming out of the woodwork in terms of uh i told him about the schools with fools thing and he was like oh my god that's so cool because you guys already do that as it is you know you're all putting content on youtube so everybody has a basis for being able to you know get connected put a webcam on themselves and just do what they normally do but share it with our our small masses at the moment. And I I don't know if that would have come out of I don't know if that would have happened naturally, like maybe maybe you would have thought about it eventually, you know, but I have to think that this sparked it a bit.
1: Oh god, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things because like the the style of uh like my blacksmithing basics one for example, like the the style that I'm doing it in, I 100% wanted to do that, uh, or a similar sort of thing as a video series anyway. Um, and this kind of like forced my hand. But I never would have thought, well, actually, we've got a shitload of other people, let's do some online classes without, and certainly not in in the style that we're doing. Like if I'd have if I'd have just carried on and done what I was planning to do, it would have just been, like I said, a video series. It wouldn't have been interactive. There wouldn't have been Q and A sections to it. It wouldn't have been anything like uh, this. But I think that's what's quite good: It's the fact that we're we're doing stuff like this. It make it it means that it is more of a traditional sort of style of class than um, than if it was just, like I say, putting a video out there and answering the first hundred comments and then ignoring it sort of thing. It's, it's actual um, back and forth, which I think is quite important in education.
2: Right. Well, and people like Tim, you know, Tim hosts classes and, and does teach very regularly um, in his forge, but he, he has a breadth of knowledge Mm. and it's nice even being able to see the personality come out more, you know, like people, people that we interact with on a regular basis are able to share their knowledge, but also it, again, to go back to what you were saying earlier, it's a, it's connecting us even more to the people that we already interact with. Um, and, and no one has to travel or deal with any of that stuff. <laughs> I, I got to meet Tim, you know, in Cleveland a year ago where we hung out like, like, me and franco and everybody heidi was there too during the spring make thing and i remember seeing tim's little setup and just being like man this is so cool and he was already teaching people it was after the event he was having like an open forge session there's aspects of that that now become apparent to me of just like wow these are these are great like setting up for 30 minutes or an hour is and then, like, live, not Instagram living yourself just working. It's like you're actually interacting with the people and the entire approach is educational, right? Yeah. It's not just, hey, I'm working, come watch me and I'll talk to you guys or answer some questions. This is more like having quote-unquote a syllabus yeah. and taking people through the process. And it it's really exciting. <laughs> it's basically why we all watch YouTube anyways, is to hopefully watch and learn what other people are doing or making. And now we're just, yeah, it's not forcing the hand as much as it's, it's motivating people to do such.
1: Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah,
0: exactly. No,
2: Very great. exciting times. I do, I do really
0: like the, the, the idea though, that if it's, if it's something you've not done before, or like you were saying, Steve, something you've not done for a while, um, like the French, for example, but yeah. you, you, you're getting to, to think about things, not just do them.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, there's the, there's the ten, there's the, but usually it's a desire to kind of get stuck in and it's like I've never yeah. had to go at that, I really want to try it. Yeah. But actually, you know, learning the, the theory of 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 ceramics and pottery yeah. is actually a really interesting first step. And I think there's some there's definitely merit in all in, in, in all kind of fields to say, actually let's have a theory first. Yeah. You know, let's let's sit and talk about the car and the mechanics
2: before we go out on the road. Yeah, it you know, just makes you think about it in a completely different way. Well, I Al to add to that, and I'm, i I want to throw this question at you, but do you think it's more beneficial to to be able to kind of sit in your own comfortable space and not really have the eyes of everybody around? You know, there's there's this thought in my mind that it's like being in a French class or being in a foreign language class amongst fifty other people and there's the teacher you can't really interact with them one on one anyways because of the class size but also there's there's something a bit intimidating about just being in those situations and they call on you and go all right you read the first line and you're just like Bleh. and instead of retaining or learning any of the information it was just like spit it out as quick as you possibly can so that the attention can go elsewhere and no one looks at you anymore wait so- it's,
0: it's 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 even to the point where you you will deliberately do yourself an injustice just to fit in with what's going on. Right. So even if you know the answer or know a better answer or not the right answer, you're um psychologically like restricted. There's mm-hmm. the, the experiment where they, they put like a they plant like people in a in a test like that and they give them fake answers. And it gets to the real person in the test and they still give a fake answer, they still give the wrong yeah. answer, even though they know the right answer because everyone right. else did. And you're just pressured into it. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not just that you're kind of you know you're not comfortable. It's it, it it's doing yourself an an injustice in terms of learning. I think I genuinely think that the education system is just going to be massively different, not just on the back of this, but just going forward. It's the the the, the model of sitting in a classroom and being told what to repeat by one person is just very short lived. I think.
2: I have to agree with that, and. The fact that my mom, I know I've commented that my mom was a teacher for 30 years. She retired, and I remember having a long discussion with her at the end, and she was like, Yeah, stuff has to change, like the system is botched. She was getting to the point of being too overrun by just they kept shoving students into her class. And there's like there's a regulation on how many students a single teacher can basically handle. And they're starting to toe that line right now in terms of the, you know, they can make more money by shoving more kids and more students into the space, but the teachers can't even handle it. I don't know. I don't want to get into all of that, but it, again, where, where I'm seeing a ton of benefits coming out of this situation that we're all in is Steve, for you to set up something like this, which is all very new for everybody involved, it, this this comfortable space or this comfortable environment that we've already been trying to cultivate through the Fools with Tools room and, and like the group as a whole, it's almost a good litmus test for, for like going forward of what, what the new way of things could be. Or maybe some of these people are even getting motivated to go, you know, I would have never thought about, like watching Sharon, I would have never thought about producing videos for YouTube, but actually this isn't as intimidating and I'm not sitting in a classroom. I didn't pay, you know, a thousand dollars for some credits on a college <laughs> application or something like that to just repeat the same process that everybody's doing, you know, like expanding on these things and talking about uh, editing sense or timing or comedic stuff like any of that is going to be so beneficial because then you're able to translate it in the comfort of your own home. Yes, on the other side of the screen, but. that intimidation factor has got to go away. And Al, I like how you put it, like this social pressure that comes out of this. We are all being forced to do things on our own and do new stuff or hopefully try new things, um, you know, in this situation. But maybe it's it's creating more self-reliance or I'd like to think that people are becoming more aware of like, what can you do on your own? Like what happens? Not in this doomsday aspect of like what happens when the shit goes down? It's more just like, no, you can't go anywhere. So yeah, a lot of people are talking about just use your scrap materials, you know, go out and build something with the stuff you've got on hand. Cause obviously you're forced to do so, but this idea that you can, you could really take the time to learn or, or get new things rolling around in your brain because not, not just you have more time to do it, but even like what you guys were saying 20 minutes ago, you are forced to have a half hour of time to yourself. Like you you don't wake up with your normal routine and then leave to go to work. You have to spend that first 30 minutes of the day, hopefully drinking seven cups of coffee. And then how do you apply that energy? It's, I, I, you know, I don't want to be the person that's always like, "Oh, we just got to look at the silver lining and be super optim- optimistic," because you know I am not. I am a massive pessimist, but I love seeing all the new things that people are trying, and I love seeing the the adaptations that are coming out of all of this.
0: Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's like riding a silver lining and, and being optimistic and stuff. But I think, I think there's a real opportunity to sort of celebrate. The individual in situations like this. So back to your point, Brett, about, about learning and and you know the, the education model and and how people are now learning on their own. Um it, it really kind of embraces the different learning styles, you know. So somebody might learn socially, somebody might learn verbally, somebody might be kinesthetic. You know, there's all these different ways that people absorb information and and can grow. And if you're Isolated, you kind of find out the ways that you can do it yourself. So, yeah. Steve, the way you take information will be completely different than the way I do it. And we're not forced in those same situations. So, the class model now of, of, of the fools with tools, it's really interesting to see people do it in different ways. Like yeah. each, each class is completely different and done in a different way. And the people in that class taking it will be doing, learning it in a different way and absorbing it in a different way. Yeah. Because you're not restrained by the, to your point, Brett, the pressure's on. Everybody's got to do the same thing. You know, it's not like the Marines. You're not fucking stood doing a test, doing the bleep test. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm going to do it this way, or I enjoy doing it this way, or I find it easier doing it this way, and I think everyone's finding out a lot about themselves, which I think is pretty mm. brilliant.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of, uh, especially with, I know we're kind of harping on about the, the school school thing, but, like, a lot of what's coming out of that is it's not necessarily people going ah, I've done one session on this and now I know exactly what to do. <laughs> it's people going, huh, I never realised that. I I feel like I can actually attack this. It's like, it, it's simple stuff. Like, I mean, like I say, I, I don't want to harp on about Heidi's class, but like the, the way that she actually went through the, not necessarily the, the advanced stuff, but the, the science of it first. And by doing that, she was like, this, all this information applies to the process because of x y and z like and explaining how it applies to it um and and i think like a lot of it is just demystifying stuff so it's, it's making stuff you know appear um uh, accessible and it, it's making you go like you know if uh i'm trying to think of an example like if i'm if i've got my wood play now and i'm yeah you know, i've never heard exciting i'm a very hands-on learner i learn from from doing but having someone go, when you're using a wood plane, make sure it's sharp. This is what happens when it's not sharp. This is what happens when <laughs> when you set it too <laughs> low. Because that's what I first time I ever used a wood plane, I had it sticking out the bottom about half an inch. So I was like, yeah, I just take off some <laughs> wood. That's how it works, right? Because uh, I I didn't know any better. Um, but it's having like the opportunity to to sit and and hear someone explain all that sort of stuff without there being any expectation on you for for what you should do with that information it might just be a case of you going huh well now i know and i'm never going to use that or it might be you going ah i i didn't realize that that's why i was doing all this stuff or that's why all this these projects that i was working on were wrong i'm going to change that <laughs> and it's going to be better and and actually i'm going to enjoy this thing even more now it's yeah it's interesting um and it, it's it's nice kind of seeing um that uh and I don't I don't want to keep using the word community, but like that community aspect of it where people it are they're kind of they're they're helping each other out, they're giving each other that 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 little kind of boost. I mean, the um in the uh the group, Dan Brent was talking about um uh welding and he showed his first welds and he held his hands up and was like, I know these are shit, but this is the first time I've ever welded. Uh, like I've just bought this machine, by where is and with a little bit of back and forth, he got a few very basic pointers and found out that well, you've got the wrong wire. That's why it's looking like it is. And so he's gone off and he's he's got the new wire. And it's that kind of that good level of um, of support there, where it's not shooting each other down and giving each other shit for not doing it right. It's it's being able to kind of help each other out and say, well, actually don't like this or have you tried that or or whatever um, and I think that's that's where learning stuff as an adult is different to the education system when you're a kid is you know when you're a kid you don't have a choice of being able to go well, what do you want to learn it's you need to learn this this and this French <laughs> yeah and, and that's it like I, I fucking hated learning French when I was younger but now I wish I paid more attention. I wish I'd learned uh, Spanish as well. I wish I'd, I'd done more um, like, or paid more attention in those classes. Um, and like all of the classes that I took, I wish I would paid more attention in. But again, I think it's that, it comes down to that thing of like it's, when it's forced upon you and you don't have a choice, it's, it's difficult. And I think it's the same when, you've, when you don't have an opportunity to, um, to have any input into how that's uh, presented to you as well. I think that can be a bit um off-putting whereas if you've got the opportunity and and especially if it's someone that you you know that you interact with it's not like you're you know paying to have a class with some teacher that you have no idea who they are you have no idea what their interests are like you know if if it's someone from a facebook group that you already know and you already interact with then it's that intimidation factor is not there and you know that you've got some kind of common ground so i think that that kind of helps ease you into the class as well
2: so i know we're getting kind of far along in the episode but i want to know i don't i don't want to put a bunch of of hypotheticals in place in terms of how long all of this is going to last but what if you did put some
0: hypotheticals in place oi (laughs) oi hey
2: so let's say this goes for another six months um is there something on the top of your lists, both of you that would be the new thing? Like, what is the new thing? Al, you're currently doing armor, which is a new thing, but do you think there's something educational wise or, or something you want to learn? If, if this does last, you know, quite a while longer, like what is the thing at the top of your list? Like, Right. Get everything else out of the way, and and try and take things like the money and the depressing shit that comes out of the situation. Just look at it from the perspective of like you have time and you have time to yourself. What is something that you want to learn? I mean, it's it's, it's probably TIG at the moment
0: because I can mm-hmm. I can stick weld to the cows come home because it's like brute force, it's redneck welding. And it's designed for me, basically. Yeah. But the the kind of the finesse and the the fineness of TIG and the things you can achieve and the you know being able to weld aluminium and sh- you know thin sheets and and you know strange shapes and and things that aren't just basically hot glue gun like like stick welding is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think would open a lot of doors. Um, and a lot, I'd be able to learn a lot more things because of it. So yeah. I like I like learning things that, that have a domino effect so I can learn something else. Mm-hmm. So, like, learning, you know, um, a language like Dutch, which has no fucking link to any other language, is of no value to me. So that's why I lived in the Netherlands for six years and never learned Dutch, <laughs> because there's no point. Like, they speak Afrikaans in s- South Africa, which is slightly similar. That's it. <laughs> you know, I, I knew enough German that the, the, the Germanic words in Dutch kind of I understood through English anyway. Yeah. So I just basically like winged my way through the language. Um, so I, I I like learning things that are then doors to open to other things. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So being able to TIG weld is not the thing I want to learn. I want to be able to learn how to build bike frames. Yeah. or weld car frames or things like do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's it's the it's thing that i can then do with aluminium because yeah. i've learned that skill so i don't really care about tig i care about what i can then achieve and learn with that as a learning tool if that makes sense yeah it's mm-hmm. like yeah, i'm understand. finding the more more and more useful things that i can learn require a learning so like um you know playing with a raspberry pi requires you to learn Python. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, I, I'm not learning Python because, oh my God, Python's so cool. It's so then I can learn Raspberry Pi and then I can learn home automation. And then, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're all kind of um, building blocks. Yeah. So, like when yeah. people always, I don't know, it's, it seems to be the, the latest craze at the moment. Like, I really want to learn glass blowing. It's like, okay, great. But then what? what <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure with glass blowing, you can only do glass blowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not then. Oh, now I can blow the windows for my car. It's like, no, now you can <laughs> blow <the glass. laughs> I'd, I'd love it it's, if that's how you
1: put glass into it's a like,
0: car. Apologies to any professional glass blowers, but I'm pretty sure it's a fucking dead end road <laughs> of no very nice, ornate,
2: round things.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, I love it. So, Man, yeah, so- I really hope Lisa and Marielle aren't going to listen to this and <laughs> just. Hate you forever.
0: <laughs> like I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I think it's beautiful. I I want to do it because it looks fun and cool, and I really want to eat it because it looks like toffee. But yeah, I don't see where it goes to. Like I like learning things that that lead to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Weird, weirdly enough, though, when we get out of uh, lockdown, there's a very good chance that I'm going to be doing some glass blowing because <laughs> <laughs> we've been working with uh, a guy called Will Shakespeare, who's a very well-known uh, glassblower. Oh, yeah, not, not that real Shakespeare. Um, he's a hack. And, uh, <laughs> he's not so, real. Yes. So he's he's basically offered us a uh a a session at glass blowing, which I'm super excited about because I it's something that I I do want to try. But just as a, oh that's that's quite fun.
0: Yeah, I did um, that. Remember yeah. that time we went glass blowing? Yeah. Right, exactly. okay. But however, um, glass tube bending and heating and making neon yes. neon signs, now you're talking. Yeah, that leads to something else.
1: That I looked into for ages, and I went into. Uh, there's a company in London that uh, that do it, and um, I looked at taking one of their classes uh, about four years ago, and it was all of the money in the world ever. Yeah. It's like a thousand pounds for a weekend course. I was, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hey, but, yeah. I wonder if that's because they know no one is doing it, and yeah. the market for real <laughs> <Yeah>. neon <9 laughs> is probably. Pretty decent, and they're like, "Oh, we can charge these people loads because you <laughs> yeah. know, if they actually do it." Yeah, they'd be doing be it at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Steve, uh, you you next?
1: Well, it kind of similar to how I was looking at, um, at TIG welding is what it leads on to. Like, I TIG welding is definitely one of the things that I really want to learn because you've got a, a TIG, haven't you?
0: Yeah. The, the challenge is I've not got a, a, a decent gas setup. Ah. So I've, just, I've um, got, like, tiny bottles of argon, no regulator, and they're just held on with, like, a clamp. <laughs> 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 so if I knock it, the gas just flies off. Fuck's uh, yes. sake. I, I need a proper setup, but, again, it's, like, investment. Yeah. Because stick, stick welder, there's no auxiliaries. There's no investment. Yeah. You're just buying electrodes and the ten a penny. So yeah, So it's, exactly. like, it's really accessible, yeah. whereas take, you've got to take seriously. You've got to clean. you got to get acetone. You've got to grind. You know, there's, yeah. there's lots of things that go into it, which I fully appreciate. Yeah. Um, and it it's, all makes sense.
1: It's just a very high bar to entry. It's yeah, see, T- Tig is one of those that it's it's all well and good. You know, you can sit there and you can watch every video under the sun, but that is something that I think very much you need to get hands on. You need someone there that kind of knows what they're doing to be able to say, That's good, but have you tried doing it like this? Because that's mm-hmm. not gonna work. Have you tried doing it properly? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so tick T- T- I think, think I think
0: that's out. the other thing that it's um it's intimidating to me because you've got to do it properly
1: yeah yeah and what funny enough because like i say tick tick's one that i am very interested in myself but i i want to do more machining and so i've got that little mini lathe i want to do more with that um and again that's something that you you know you have to actually do properly you have to pay attention to you can't just Mm. hit it until it works um but one of the the things that i um that i really want to learn more about and with the idea of what else it can lead on to um it's just uh like a, a basic mechanical engineering um sort of course um i want to know more about that sort of stuff because it's i you know i i i'm very much uh, a farmer when it comes to engineering which is you either tie it all up in bail twine and hope that it works or you massively over engineer it because don't quite understand the physics behind it so it's just if i just put a few cross braces in i'll put a few extras in and like really build it out that that's not gonna go anywhere um so i'd like to know a little bit more about uh the engineering side of things um but i say that i also i i wish that i knew more about um electronics um but that's something that i'm I've, i've always struggled with electronics because I, don't, I just don't understand it, um, mm-hmm. and I think again that's just kind of I just need to sit down and and demystify it, and then I can start building on from that. But I think for for me, like if if this goes on for a long time, and if I can find a decent online course on uh, basic mechanical engineering, then that's definitely something that I would I would look into. What about you?
2: Um. Honestly, I think it's going to be forced upon me, not because of the situation with the pandemic, but more my, my life situation. Um, most glass of the blowing. stuff that I, sorry. Glass blowing. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, yeah. I have all the sand in the world. So I'll just turn it <laughs> glass. No, I, you know, I got into the, this property, this little cabin property that's a blank slate, which is fantastic. And, you know, I've, I've basically been making all kinds of weird stuff and, and just trying my hand at, at different things over the last couple of years, but I've never really done like col- pieces as a collective, you know, yeah. like now I have to think about, I I've never really done cabinetry. Like, I helped Jim with it. I learned a lot of things. I know how to do drawer slides and you know, kick plates and and how to do square mounting situations and what kind of you know, joinery you should have in it. But I have to think about things as like okay, what do the cabinets look like? Now, what is the plumbing system situation? Like what do the faucets look like? I need to learn more about furniture building and and yeah. like mm-hmm. actual stuff that needs to sit in a house and serve a purpose and hopefully last a long time like i'm so used to it go ahead
0: this the stuff that you know kind of, it's, it's the same with me it's the stuff that you kind of you see and you go oh, i don't need to make that I'm,
2: I'm too busy making fun stuff and then yeah, you go oh exactly. no exactly <laughs> yeah no that's exactly <laughs> it like i'm the I'm new, busy
0: making bow and arrows and axes. I don't know. <laughs> like,
2: like you make you make a, an axe or a hammer or like that treasure chest, and you just go cool. But it it can sit anywhere. It is a piece, and it just exists, and that's it. But when you look at like I have to build a bed. Well, look, you know how to build shit, and you know what's cheap. So like you don't want to build a cheap shitty bed that's going to break because this is your bed and you're building it. But yeah. then it's not just building a bed that it's like right now I sleep in that thing. It's like no, that exists within a space that has other stuff in it. So you want to make it kind of look like it goes together, at least a little bit. And having this like bigger design sense or like this this future idea. A lot of this, a lot of what I have to learn and all this new stuff is like maybe not just interior design, but things like. Uh, you know, researching a little bit more on like industrial design. Why are things built this way? Yeah. Or why? What is the ergonomic reasoning behind how this thing is created? Right. Like, why is cabinetry built in exactly this way? Or what kind of hinges work better than the other ones? Where you're not even looking at price mm-hmm. at that point. You're looking at aesthetics and ergonomics. Yeah. Like, I never spent enough time growing up. Uh, like looking at aspects of industrial design or um, ergonomic design. I know I keep using the word, but drawing a picture, you know, being kind of the artsy kid, it was just drawing things growing up. Like you just draw these fantastical things and it doesn't really matter if you draw a landscape and it looks exactly like the land you were looking at. It's just, you know, this interpretation when things become tangible and, this even crosses over with like the, the Proko channel that I shouted out a couple weeks ago. There are illustrators that I've been looking at uh, on that channel and been following that they understand industrial design so well. That's what makes their very fantastical drawings look as good as they do because every screw and every little bolt and nut has been kind of researched by the person of like, well, that piece of armor wouldn't be built together with nails. It would be bolts and hinges. So I have to know what those bolts and hinges look like. So any of the pre-designing or pre-production that I'm doing, as far as building stuff out on this property that I've got, I've never done that before, or I've never had to give that much consideration to how is that thing going to exist six months down the line. So building structural building, you know, quality cabinetry doing things properly like plumbing and and gas lines and things like that I've never had to do any of that so the new thing the stuff I have to learn is like proper adult level maker thinking like how do I do this that I feel good about the quality of it but also it like adheres to codes and I'm not going to get dinged six months down the line by somebody coming out and saying like, Oh, your pitch on your roof isn't correct. Uh, we're going to fine you and you have to fix it. Like that is a legitimate thing that could happen. Yeah. So I, I would say that right now I'm spending a lot more time on things like Pinterest, which I've never used before Mm. to get ideas, but then also taking those Pinterest boards and, researching the aspects of of like the cabinets in this photo of like how are they constructed why why are they done that way low profile versus you know normal sizes of things why is a fridge 36 inches wide like i'm never gonna need a fridge that big (laughs) what can i get away with small but then what kind of power can i run to the like all every little minute aspect that i've never had to consider before (laughs) yeah I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited by the, you know, these aspects of of being an adult and having like proper furniture and appliances and things like that. But also, like, it's opening up a new world for considering what it means to have like a tiny space and how to optimize it. What ergonomics feel right? How do you multi-purpose things?
0: Multi-purpose. <laughs>
2: Go on, Al. yeah, go, go.
0: Yeah, and um, no, there's because there's a couple of themes coming here. There's there's like the the desire to to want to learn something, which I think we're all seeing, kind of like especially with people who've maybe got some time or some space on their hands. Um, there's the necessity that you're talking about, Brett. So like, I need to now learn how to do this, or I need to build this for the first time, or I need to, you know, look behind the the reasoning behind things now. Whereas before. I kind of maybe chose things on their aesthetic or the material choices or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the way I wanted to approach it. Now I need to kind of understand it. So there's like that necessity behind it. But I think another really important one, and to your point, Steve, is about maybe somebody else giving you that push. So like just going back to welding, like I got my MIG welder from a guy in Ireland, called Michael, who just sent me the MIG welder because he heard me uh, – TIG welder because he heard me talking about TIG on the podcast. Yeah. Um I got my stick welder from Pete in Edinburgh because he didn't he 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 didn't need it anymore and he just sent it down to me and knew that I didn't have a welder. Yeah. And like to your point earlier, it it's one of those things where I probably wouldn't have been able to invest in it myself as much as I would have thought, oh welding that'd be cool. Yeah. I'll just stick to making shit out of wood because it doesn't cost me any money. I've got a seven quid handsaw and some <laughs> screws. Like I can I can join things together. Um but stepping up to like joining things in metal required some sort of investment so like mm-hmm. i was nice enough that that a guy called pete and who lives in another country and a guy called michael lives in another country were the instigators behind that they were yeah. the ones that kind of you know made me take that step yeah. made me do my laid my first bead down made me you know think about gas and hooking up and hoses and cleaning and <laughs> scotch <laughs> bright and stuff like that which never crossed my mind before you know i'd never have a scotch bright pad until someone sent me <laughs> a fucking Tig welder um and then other brands of scouring pad are available um <laughs> but th- that 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 fa- that facet of somebody else helping you make that step or or yeah. getting you into something that you've never done before you would you would have never joined the pottery class if you did not meet Heidi
1: yeah
0: you know it, it yes you join it because she's hilarious but also she's, she's the one that's probably got a lot of people thinking about clay that mm. hadn't done previously. There's probably a lot of people thinking about plasticine now that weren't a month ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, th- I think that, 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 that third party as well is a really important piece in this, um, both for kind of emotional support, but also like encouragement and, and instigation. Yeah. And that third party is spiffing. See, and I, I nearly stole it from you. I was so <laughs> close. People, People that
1: we think that are
0: specific. What's the order then? It's sub. Sub. Like a nine-three. Not nine hundred. No. Yeah
1: uh which means i'm first uh i am gonna spiff a television program uh and it's not blown away because the glass blowing (laughs) show on netflix because genuinely we went to watch it and within 30 seconds me and jazz both just looked at each other and just went no no this is bad uh it's very very american uh so instead we went for the very very british uh great Pottery Throwdown, oh, uh, which is essentially bake off with clay. It's fucking glorious. Um, I mean, aren't
2: you baking off the bake? Okay, anyway, go on. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> yep, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's just a really good, enjoyable, fun thing where people get to make stuff. Um, it's quite good for at the moment because it's it's just easy watching um, yeah. and. Yeah, it's it'll bring a smile to your face, but you can you can pretend that you're just learning something new. You're learning about pottery, but what you're actually doing is just rooting for the woman with the funny accent. Um, so yeah, go go watch that. It's on <laughs> all four or whatever it's called now. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Al, you're next.
0: So, in the in the the vein of um, kind of learning new things. Uh, You've probably all seen the primitive technology dude on YouTube. Yep. So I stumbled across a, his Russian counterpart, um, which is called Advoko Makes. Um, I don't know why it's called Advoko, because the Russian is like advocate, like advokar, but I don't know. He maybe just translated it poorly. But it's it's Advoko, A-D-V-O-K-O, and he's called Max, um, from St. Petersburg, Russia. Yeah. And... It's fucking amazing. He just makes like his own tools. He makes like log cabins and it's all like hand done and it's really cool, just really like simple stuff. But then you know he'll whip out the chainsaw because he just gets bored mm-hmm. of like hewing stuff with a fro. Um yeah. but yeah, he, he you can kind of see him learning on the job as well. He obviously knows what he's doing, like bushcraft. Yeah. But he'll he'll try different techniques. So like um He's gone from using like a chainsaw chainsaw mill to just basically freehanding with a chainsaw and just swinging it like a pendulum. Nice. And he just says, "Yeah, I, I've tried it like a hundred times, and this is better. I get way better cuts." <laughs> and so he just like stands above the log and just go, and swings it, swings the chainsaw back and forth because the tip cuts better anyway than the sides. And he just gets to just like perfectly hand cut, and it's just unbelievable. Nice. But the whole show is about him like learning and and retrying stuff, and you know. um all the rope that he uses is just that stuff made from a from plastic bottles where you just pull the the, the piece of uh strip off the plastic bottle oh, yeah, yeah. threw it through a cutter and it just makes twine. And he's it's just like and everything's just like really like humble and simple and charming. He made a canoe out of a kayak, sorry, out of just like sticks and then wrapped it in saran wrap. And like the, the plastic wrap was just the ba- the body of the canoe. Yeah, and it worked, and I'm like, and so it's and it's also see through, and I'm like, this is fucking genius, <laughs> and, and it just made a greenhouse just with like cling film. I was like, this fucking is so simple, yeah. But I'm I'm hooked on it. It's like it's like primitive te- technology, but there's a guy with a personality behind it, yeah. And he talks, and he's just really like he's kind of probably eighty percent a serial killer. <laughs> but like a really, but like a really nice serial killer. Yeah, who's like, who's like really well dressed and like yeah. pulls his trousers up to his nipples. Um, he's called Max. He's in Russia, the St. Petersburg, um, but he just basically makes like log cabins with a with a hand axe, and he's just charming. I, I think his his, is... his latest video was titled Proofing My Shed" or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like. I, I just uh, clicked on the uh, fire log furniture part two. Oh, it's amazing! And for a start, like what he's actually making is really cool. But yeah. I just love the opening uh, bit of the video. Is just him in nothing but a pair of trousers, no, <laughs> no, no top, no shoes, no socks, and the opening shot is just him with one leg on a. Yeah. Stump of wood and then just throws a knife into another Stump of wood. <laughs> yeah,
0: he, he, he He's got my skills as well. He's like really slick but like just like re- like totally un- unexpected. Yeah. Um, so Brett you were talking earlier about the kind of the, the logistics of, of framing and um, like order of operations to make sure you get stuff right and building stuff in right. three dimensions. So he built the shed before he made the door and the door had built in tenons so the hinge was just a tenon. And oh the, whole, so the whole thing was a log cabin, and the logs are like 20-inch logs, like ridiculous logs. And the roof has sod on it, so it's like a right. living roof. And he basically jacked up the entire roof to fit the door in. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of like not having like built-in tenons in this door, he's like, no, this is what I want, but I, it's too late. I made the shed a year ago, and I've only yeah. just made the door now. So he, he legitimately... Lifted up the entire roof of this thing just to Jeez, put the door in, but like he did it with like uh, two wedges and a log. <laughs> yeah. Like he didn't have a jack; he just like hammered a wedge until the whole thing lifted up. <laughs> God, That's it's brilliant. fucking brilliant! Yeah, so go watch him. Uh, Advoco makes. Yeah, definitely. I've, I
2: will I've definitely watch this. That. That's awesome. Uh, oh, fantastic.
0: Oh, and right. his, his, his sign-off, sorry. His sign-off is beautiful. He's like, uh, please can you share my video because good people watch good
2: videos. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> nice. I like, I like uh, that. Yeah, right. you are. Uh, yeah, not, not so much on the learning aspect of things, but I genuinely want to call out a delightful human being. I'm almost positive it's a respiff, but... I wanted to congratulate and spiff Michael Ulm who just Yay. passed his 100,000 subscriber mark, huge milestone oh, and well-deserved, uh, genuinely great guy and makes fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm not as much into woodworking as you know a lot of the maker community folks that I know are, but Michael does really interesting things and I feel like he's got a really unique and artistic approach and always trying new stuff. So I imagine most of the people that listen to this podcast probably already know who he is. But if you don't, please go and check out what he's doing. The pattern plywood stuff he's been doing recently is goddamn gorgeous. And you know what, Steve? I look (laughs) at stuff like that, and my brain translates that into uh like pattern welded stuff but yeah. i'm like it's just layered in the exact same way and it's all like how you cut it and stick it back together and create Weird. these patterns and stuff
1: weirdly enough one of the uh, challenges steel, on, steel. Uh, the great pottery throwdown the one of the techniques that they use is they have uh colored porcelain and they basically layer it up and make patterns and cut it and stick it all back together and yeah it's exactly the same thing and i was like, Jazz, like it's essentially just Damascus with Ply steel.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, there you but, yeah. go. So and, and check
2: out Michael. He's great.
1: And he has some of the comfiest t-shirts known to man. Those oh, they're
2: very, very nice. They're so <laughs> nice. Comfier than G Customs. Well, I think they're the, the exact same shirts. shirt. That's the <laughs> problem. They just have a different set of letters on them. Yeah.
0: No, the 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 brand is what makes the comfort. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah,
0: good shout with Mr. Alm. Is that Alm Fab, Brett?
2: Alm Fab, -fab. A L M F A B. Yeah, Yeah. and he's got—he draws stuff and is a very talented artist as well. And you have to find his super secret personal art (laughs) thing, which is ridiculous that he's got two different accounts because they're both brilliant. Lincoln Shouts. Lincoln
1: Shouts. Uh, Is there any other business?
2: no not from me everybody try and do the fools of tools classes mm. they're amazing sign up do the thing
1: uh al you look like you were thinking then
2: yeah there probably is okay
0: uh
1: if yes there advice...
0: is oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> no that cool. was it just there is yeah there is a business cool. don't want to talk about it
1: uh If you want to find us as a group, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Networks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade Thirteen, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack.
2: Armor Shack.
1: Yeah. If you want to find us as a group, uh, fools of tools, go for it. Um, That's it. We love you. Stay safe. Stay.
0: This sincerity, Steve. We love you. it's totally sincere <laughs> uh
1: yeah do, 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 enjoy be be, be, yourself.
0: <laughs> be I, yourself
1: i i need a cup of tea and... okay bye,
0: bye! bye! <laughs> i need a cup of tea it sounds delicious